The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. Well, let's get into what we're going to talk about. Um, I just got a couple scripture verses I want to read before we get into this. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to anyone, to everyone who asks you, for a reason for the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. And you know, I think a lot in our culture, good or bad, there's kind of this idea that church and going to church is kind of irrelevant. And one of the reasons that that has happened is not because everybody's badder and worse and terrible, but it, it, it is because of this verse. Go ahead and put it back up there. If we've made a decision for Christ, that we should be able to give a defense for that. And I'm not talking about just apologetics, but I'm saying that if you come up to me and Katie, and this is my wife, and you say, who's that? I'm going to be like, uh, who, that, who's her? What's her, what's her name? Oh, that, that's Katie. Well, who is she to you? Oh, you, she's special. What? That, that's my, my wife, and I better do a good job. Come on, somebody, if you're married. I better do a good job of saying, no, that is my wife. That's my princess, my precious. I chose her. I dated her. I, I helped fund the life that we live together. I better go on, and it better be lavish, and I better leave no doubt in anybody's mind that this woman is not a stranger. But, but it's like in things of faith... It's like, well, so uh, you go to church? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of do. Well, so you go to church? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You want to talk to my pastor? I mean, it's, it's like we, we don't know how to even talk about it. And this hope, this idea, this concept of Jesus coming in, saving our life, us living in eternity forever, being in heaven, not, I mean, I mean, there should be some hope in us that is, that is different. And I, I want to talk a little bit about, I guess what my sermon titled today is Make It Public. You know, make it public. We live in a world where we love to make things public. We love to make things public with our social media. We love to make things public with, with um, our politicians. If, if they don't release their taxes to the public, come on, we're going to be frustrated. We love public declaration. We need a statement from somebody. We, we need you to go out and be, at, we need a public statement from you about this issue. We love making it public, but in our faith, well, that's, well, that's private. That's private and that's personal and, that, and that's, that's, that's over here. We're going to compartmentalize our life where, you know, this is the life that you do and this is the life you don't tell anybody about. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. In Matthew 28, verse 16 through 19, and I'll, before we get into this and read this, I want to kind of give you a little background. This is a powerful text and many churches, ministries, uh, and, and visions have been produced out of this text. The disciples get word that Jesus is back. Now, what makes this verse so cool is the fact that Jesus has just been crucified on a cross, nailed to a cross, beaten, 
beard ripped out. I mean, it got nasty and it got bad. You know what I'm saying? And, and now, three days later, people are like, Jesus back in town. I mean, it's, the, the setup on this verse is incredible. And the disciples get word that Jesus is back, and they're like, what? And many had witnessed Jesus' death. And this wasn't like a Hollywood death. This is what was like a real death, a nasty, you know what I'm saying, nails beaten, wood cross, don't come back. And the disciples hear about Jesus being alive, and they're like, what? Where, where is he? The reunion tour was on and Jesus and the D-Boys was back in town. This was a big this was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? This is bigger than the Eagles getting back together. You know what I'm saying? This is a big, this is a big deal. This is a bi bigger than a, a new tour. This is, this is bigger than if Destiny Child's ever gonna come back. This is big. <laughs> Jesus is back. And while all the disciples hoped that everything he said would be true would happen. They were not 100% confident that it was going to really happen the way he said. And Jesus, in this meeting, is about to commission these guys to go tell the world what happened. Let's read it. The ele then the 11 disciples went away to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, it... it I don't know about you, and it's really good that I'm, you ever think, man, if I was God, I mean, I know maybe that's kind of sacrilege, but, but you ever think, if I was, if I was God, and so there are times when I'm reading scripture that I'm thinking, why would you put that in there? Like, in this great moment, when, you know, greater than when you win the Super Bowl, greater than when you win the NBA championship, greater than in this great moment, Jesus is back. He's on the mountain. He's meeting his disciples. You would think, man, they were running. We were chest bumping. It was awesome. God was moving. Some worshiped and some doubted. How are you going to doubt when you're up right in front? <laughs> like if I say, hey, I'm going to be over at 3.30, you may doubt that I will be over there at 3.30. But if I tell you, hey, I'm going to be there at 3.30 and I'm in front of you and it's 3.30 and I say, hey, I'm here at 3.30 for people to go, man, you're not here. <laughs> I'm here and it's 3.30. I mean, it, it takes absolutely no faith. Some worshipped him and some doubted. And this is a huge moment because... I feel like this is church. Yeah. Some in here are worshipers. And some in here are doubters. And you may not doubt fully. And you may not doubt like there is no Jesus or there is no God. But you may doubt if the vision that you thought when you were younger can still happen. You may doubt that, that can God still use me at the level that he wants to use me. You may doubt that can, can, can I really achieve this dream and vision in my heart. Will God do for me what I see him doing for other people. You know what sometimes there's levels of degree in doubting. But I think the cool thing about this, as we go on, it says, then they worshiped him. Well, go back so we can catch up. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now let's go on. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I want to spend some time talking here. Some worshipped, some doubted. And you know what? A lot of times this looks just like church. But in this, you know what is interesting to me? And the first point that I want to make is in this epic moment where people are worshiping Jesus, Jesus says, move from this place. Basically, he is saying, when he meets with the disciples, they're all there worshiping, some are doubting, and he just lays out a commission and he says, hey, get, therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. In other words, we're not going to sit here and sing Kumbaya. We're not going to sit here and bust out, shout to the Lord on repeat. We're not going to just sit here and sing our, 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 you know, our Jesus jams. Even though this is awesome and I like this, you need to go on. And there are movements, and, and, I, and, I'm not, I'm, and I'll say this, I'm not criticizing because I'm not building what we're doing on tearing down some, what someone else is doing. But I am saying there are movements that want to stay on the mountain when Jesus was very clear that this is praise. Is, it didn't say that he, no one worshipped, but no one stayed there. They didn't just stay in that place. They didn't just stay there. Listen. From this place, let's look at this. Listen, churches, God has a plan for the people that are coming. And God has a plan for your life. And some of you may be worshipers. But I find it interesting that Jesus, at some point in this conversation, has to stop their worship. We have to stop the chorus. Everybody needs to stop singing right now. I got something to say. And you know what? As we look at this, and I'm the kind of guy that when I find a good song, I put that, I wear it out. I wear it out. See, some, some of you, you don't know, but when, back in the day, we used to have cassette tapes. Okay? Holla. And, and, and so, you know, it wasn't no number. We didn't have XM. We had cassette tapes. And these cassette tapes, you had to wind it back. And so I'd always started on my jam. You know, you got that pinky, put it in there, and you wind it. So I got to teach y'all something. I got to wind that right where you like it, and then you put in Eye of the Tiger. And then Eye of the Tiger plays, and then you take it back out. You wind it back up. You put it in, you play Eye of the Tiger. And then that's how we rolled. Then we got a little bit fancy, and it had this auto cue where you could actually rewind itself. And I was like, what? Listen, some of us, I man, it's great that we want to worship, and it's great that worship is it. And I am not saying that praise doesn't cost you, because it does. Many times you don't feel like you want to praise, but you know you need to. But I will tell you this, Jesus is trying to move the disciples from a reunion mentality to a movement. We're not just getting the band back together. We're not just coming to hang out. We're not going to go mob down Jerusalem and start ministering to people. We're not. You're going to do it, and I'm going to leave, and I'm going to give you something, and you're going to stay, and y'all are going to change the world. And I believe that 
This is the church that we want to have where we are moving in our communities. We're moving to share Jesus. Come on, somebody. We're moving to make it public. We're moving. It's not just private and intimate on the mountain. And there, I'm not saying there aren't times for that. But if you're always on the mountain and you're never down where the people are at, then church is irrelevant. Because people are busy down on the lower end, working, making money, handling business, and they don't know that they need to go up the mountain. So in order for you to take them up, you have to come down. Because what they think down here, selling fish, hanging out, you know, working at Walmart, what they think down here is, you people up on the mountain are crazy. Y'all just stay up there and sing all the time. Y'all smoking. You got to come down off the mountain to tell them how awesome it is up there. Come on, I got to come down so that I can win and I can minister and I can speak into your life. And then come on, I'm gonna take someone else up. Listen, for us, we we go, we share, we care. But there were also those that doubted. And wow, I, I can only imagine their thoughts as they were even seeing Jesus. The, the, the thoughts of how. Come on, some of those introverts, some of those people who are analytical. You died and you rose. He did die, right? He died. We saw him die. He was the one that died. Oh, yeah, he died. Yeah, you were dead. And and so I'm trying to understand this because I see you in front of me, but I don't really know what I... Have you ever been in that moment where you don't really know what you're seeing? You know, it's like like you walk in and and someone has wrecked your car and you're like... My car was fine and now it's not fine. And no, when I drove it last, it was fine. When you... And, and I, can, I can just see them thinking these thoughts like, how? How did you? Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can, y'all y'all sh- stop singing and stop praying. Can, can we just talk about how you did this? Can, can you just kind of dissect? Where have you been the last three days? What have you been doing? Where have you been out? What happened? Where'd you go? Why didn't we know about it? Why didn't you take us? But, but I thought... But you died, and, and man, that, that rocked me. And I mean, you don't know what the agony I've been through the last three days. I mean, if you were really who you say you were, you would have never allowed me to go through that. Come on, do you know what has happened to me in the last three days? People were making fun of us. Peter left and went fishing. I mean, we, we all scat. I mean, you don't really even know what's happened in the last. And you're over there talking about, I'm back, and I'm like, should have never left. This is too much. I don't know about this commitment. I don't know. Okay, so what are you, are you asking me to like vanish and come back? I don't know what's, can you tell me everything that's required before I sign up on the dotted line? Is that really you? And we see in another verse that Thomas, one of the disciples was doubting. And what I love in this verse is typically when someone doubts us, we get frustrated. I mean, as a man married, there are times that my wife may doubt. That wasn't funny. My, 
my ability to come through. She may go, are you real? Will you real? And, and for me, as a man, come on, somebody, you go on and watch, what? Catch a seat, because I'm about to make it rain with whatever. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, don't even tell, because mm, just, <laughs> who you talking? Yeah, yeah. Remember that boyfriend you didn't marry? You know I mean, I, you know, it's, it's like all of those, those thoughts come. But for Jesus, he never one time has to prove his legitimacy. In fact, he says, Thomas, come feel my sides. Come feel my hands. There's a certain component of compassion that Jesus deals with people who are doubting. And he doesn't thrash them. He encourages them. He encourages them. You know, the second point that I want to make is, is this. First is we got to move from this place. We can't just stay up at the mountain. The second thing that I want to say is we've got to make disciples that touch the world. Therefore, go and make. Therefore, go and make. Now, I don't know about you, but it was interesting to me that it did not say find. And it did not say take. Because there are a lot of awesome Christians that I find, and there's a lot of awesome people that I would love to take. But the fact of the matter is it says make. It says make these people. In other words, I don't know if you've ever made anything. I'm really not that uh, uh, create. I mean, I'm, like a bu- I'm not a builder, you know. The only thing I can tell you is my wife cooks, and she makes stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, you know. I guess we made, we made babies, but, but uh, other than that, we don't, really, we don't really make. I mean, I guess we made some. But, but the point is that she likes, she, she, she's a good cook. My wife's a good cook. If you haven't had mine, she's a good cook. And there's something that I, I love. I love it when we have fried chicken. Come on, we have fried chicken. All I'm going to say is it was really glad that Jesus didn't have my wife's fried chicken at the Last Supper because it would have been Last Suppers that had been back. <laughs> The, the point is that when she makes this, it's a process. It's not immediate. And so there goes it's time and it's, it's, it's intentionality and it's seasoning and it's preparation and it's cooking and, it, and, it's, and it's hot and, it, and, it, and it, there, there's problem solving and there's all of this process that happens in making. And I think a lot of times we don't want to spend the time to invest and make someone a disciple and it's not necessarily us but God uses us the reason we don't want to do that is because it's messy I mean there's times before my wife starts cooking chicken I'm like what's up I want to give a kiss but after chicken it's nasty got seasoning everywhere she's been cutting on the chicken and she's like hey baby I'm like hey It's messy to make. It's messy to walk around your block and be intentional at night about meeting someone and saying hi and connecting. It's intentional to have a, it's, to have a focus. It's, it's messy to make, to find someone that's hanging out at the library or working where you're working. You realize that, man, there's no spark in their life and nothing's really there. But you know what? I feel like if I could do life and God, you would open that opportunity for me, maybe we could make something in their life. Maybe God could do something in their life. Listen, 
make the disciples that touch the world. That's us. We got to focus on making, and I know we're busy, and I, and I know we got a lot of things going on, and I, I know that when we have four kids, I, I know that, and I'm not saying that you put all that on hold, but how can you make while you're creating your own life? Because I don't know how, but we've become really a pseudo spiritual culture inside church where, well, you know, it's God who, it's God, it's God. He told the disciples, go and make. Go and make disciples. That means open your home. Sit people at your table. Invest in them. Talk. Lead them. Lead them where, you know what, after a while, once they know that you're for them, man, maybe they've just never had anybody communicate it like this. Maybe they've never had anybody share Jesus. Maybe they've never had any of that. All they've known as church is the one pastor that fell or one church that closed down. Maybe they've never met anybody like you before. Go and make, and he said, make disciples of all nations. Come on, we think too small. My goal is not to fill up this room. I'm way beyond that. My goal is not to big another facility. I'm way beyond that. My goal is to see each individual that is invested and planted here at the house to be intentional about loving people outside the walls and doing ministry outside the walls where people can know that, you know what, this Christianity thing, it's not all up on the mountain. It's not all there. The last thing is this. Is it says, more believers must be baptized. I mean, when you think that Jesus is about to, like, leave, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? About to be beamed up. It's about to be on them and he says teach them make disciples baptize baptize and so it, as we look at this we make a public statement about everything and the reason baptism is so important is because you are saying to a community this is who I'm going to be this is who I'm going to be and so publicly, we all come together. And in just a second, if you will, if you'll stay and join us, because you're vital. See, the problem is we, we're so individualized in our community that really I don't even need you to be me. But that's not the church. The church is when you're baptized, you become part of the church. And now there's a church universal. There's a church local. And you are needed. You're needed. You know what? Well, my son tonight, today, is going to get baptized. He's 10 years old. You're needed. He needs to see you consistently here. He needs to see you walking with Jesus. He needs to, wow, okay. He may never cognitively go, I've seen them at every service for 52 Sundays. But he may say, hey, that guy is faithful and he is an example to me, come on, to be faithful. I see this guy taking care of his wife because kids notice everything. I am learning 
through my community how to engage and be who God's called me to be. It's important. And so baptism, when we, bapt, when we baptize here in just a second, Colossians 2 verse 12 says this, Buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through the faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. In other words, what this is saying is that you have been baptized, and when you are, are, are baptized, it's symbolic. Three things that happen. It's symbolic, it's spiritual, and then it sets a new society in order. That, that, that you start running in a new society. It doesn't mean that your old friends are done. It means that you're part of a new kingdom and you have a new king. And so as we look at this, the, I talked about this last week, but the reason we wear wedding rings is because it's a symbol. When we go out, we'll, we have a, a water, and, and, it, and, and it, it's going to be cold. <laughs> I don't tell you. But, but as, you, as you go under the water and come back up, it is signifying the fact that I am a sinner. I need a Savior. And the penalty for sin is death. And so I give up my life and I raise anew with Jesus and his blood was enough to cover me and all of my sins and all of my inadequacies, everything that I've jacked up and messed up, all the thoughts that I can't rein, rein in. Yeah. Come on. I stand in the water and I recognize who I am. And you know what? We're in a society that no one wants to stop and ponder and recognize a little bit and go, okay. Even though I feel like I'm perfect, I'm not. I'm not. And now, guess what? That watery grave, our old man has passed away and all things become new. Spiritually, you're never going to make a step towards God that it's not going to increase and transform and start to move something in your own heart and in your own spirit. By making the choice to follow Jesus, his teaching, and his plan. Come on, transformation begins in your spirit. A new society. Welcome to the body of Christ. Now here's what I want to say. This isn't cute. And we have a, um, we are such an experiential culture that we want to make everything that we do cute and memorable. But come on, for those of you in this house that you, you got baptized, there was a moment for you. Let me ask you this. Are you still taking steps? Are you still making, are you worshiping on the mountain? Have you, have you, in you, has there been a consecration where you move from doubter to worshiper? Are you continually making steps to go down the mountain with some sort of purpose and some sort of idea? Or are you just kind of lost in the shuffle and don't know what steps to take? See, we believe that as people come in lost, broken, hurting, they're going to need steps. They're going to need steps. And we have, we have steps. We have framework, which is a, a class for steps. We have life groups, which is something that we will do that will help in a community and encourage. So we have these steps. But I'll tell you this. 
the biggest step is making Jesus the Lord of all. The biggest step is taking that step towards saying, it's no longer my life, but it's his. And here's what I want to say. As we end today, got to make it public. There's a certain part of who you are, and your spiritual component will never thrive if it stays private. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.